Hour two of the show, 800-724-5801. A lot of action coming up this hour, including a, a uh, an election update, along with some other things as well. Let's go back to the phones. Eric in Lancaster. Eric, you're on WHP 580. Thanks for holding. Hi, Eric. Are you There we go. How are you? Can you hear me now, bud? Yeah, I can hear you can now, you hear sir. Me? Yes. Thank you, sir. I talked to you way back. This is my third time calling you, but this is why I'm calling you right now. I'm Marilyn Hornet. My wife just passed away. Yes, I just buried my best friend for 18 years. I'm a first responder. I know I'm when I'm asking them questions about a whole bunch of questions about how can I get my wife on uh, vitamin C and um, get, run the sun, run, hang around more in the sun, hydroxychloroquine. All that stuff that we need to get her in, the hospital she was dealing with, they said that's not protocol. We can't do that. So, so that's she... I asked them to uh... go ahead. So first of all, I'm I'm extremely sad to hear this. This is I it's I'm sad to hear this. Um, did she was she she tested for COVID and then she went into the hospital or she went in and then tested? Okay, she went. Uh, here, here's the thing. She had a complication. She had ammonia and bronchitis when she first went in. Okay, got COVID-19. it. nineteen. So the complication didn't help. Um, so long story short, uh, then she was in there for she was on a, a seduce ventilator for three almost three weeks. Three weeks. Not three weeks. Yes, sir. And then the the problem that I had is. The last 45 minutes of her life, that's the only time I was allowed to come and see with my, my two boys. They're, thank God, they're older, they're 17 and 18, and my in-laws. That was it. There was no family members. Nobody could go in this year to check up on her. They said, okay, we could do a Zoom meeting. It's the size of your cell phone, your average cell phone. Was well, that the size of what your, your Zoom meeting? So so my question to the, the, the nurses on, on staff, I said, okay, ma'am. Can you, my kids are not here right now. They're just me and, and you. I want you to take off her co- covers, and I want to visualize her legs, her ankles. I want to see if she's getting retaining water in her legs. I want to see if her her skins are turning yellow, see if her, her body is shutting down certain things. And they said I wasn't allowed to see that either. I said, what do you mean I can't see her, my wife? That's my wife. I want, you know, I want the best for her, and I can't do it. I can't go in there normally. When you go in a hospital, you can see all the, the body language to tell you that something's not right. I said, I want to see this because something's not right. I want This is what I want. Everything get done. And then he said, well, we can't do that right now because it's not protocol. I said, who's the person I need to contact? Well, you need to contact their doctors. Well, I said, well, then get them in the phone, in the phone my number, and have them call me ASAP. Well, they call me, and I said, listen, I want all this happen. And they said, they turned around and they said, we have proven that this does not, all this stuff does not, what you're telling us, we have proof that it does not work. I said, well, I don't, I, dis, I disagree with you because I have friends in Florida that did the exact same thing. They came out with no problems when they took the hydroxyline. They said, well, that's just, they're, they're just saying that. It's not true. I said, but sir, it's not just one person. I can see it was just one or two people. There's many people who are doing this. There's a website they're doing this. I said, I don't have all the information because I don't do this for a living. I drive semi for a living. So I don't have time to sit here and be, watch behind a computer screen. But, but they would not. Words, 
they would not give yes, you, they would not listen to you or hear your suggestions. But didn't you just say you're yes. an EMT as well? I'm a first. I'm a firefighter. I, I okay. took that for 25, 20 years. So, so I took all what, my training. But, I know how. But I mean, like what you Sorry. wanted to do, you wanted to see her, and I, I think that is absurd that they wouldn't let you because you can make an assessment of you know a visual assessment. Yes. And then they yes. wouldn't. They said it wasn't protocol no. because that's what they're. A lot of hospitals are being ordered to follow a particular yes. protocol, regardless of all the research that has come out over the last more than a year that proves yes. there are several options and several treatments. So my only question to you, Ken, and you don't have to answer it on live radio. You can contact me when you're your your convenience. I was trying to tell that to Art, but that's fine. But my question is, how much of this how much does this hospital get if they get people who died from COVID? What is what is what's the resource of they get for that? For every person who dies from COVID, how much money are they getting from that from that money? I, I don't know in, in <clears throat> I, I don't know in your particular case, but do you do you have a pen and paper? Because I want to give you my email because I want to continue this conversation off air when we have time. Uh, Absolutely. Do you have a pen and pa- paper? Okay, it's Ken I Matthews do, with do. two T's. Ken Matthews okay. at whp580.com. Okay. And uh, just send me information about it. I know that some hospitals get certain amounts of money for the use of a ventilator, for a COVID death, for a COVID treatment plan, for an ICU transfer. But I do not have any information on where your your wife was. So, but I do want to I do want to find out about it. Um, and I I am okay. so sorry to hear hear this news. And uh, I I wish you I wish you the own, best. And yeah. go ahead. I don't know anything. I'm just irritated. I'm mad at a hornet. You know, think about this. You lost your, if you would lose your wife right now, how would you respond for the, all this bullshit they're giving, you know, throwing, sending BS down my throat and making, okay, here, we'll just add some sweet, you know, some stuff to it to make it taste a little better. But I still like, no, this is bull crap. I know this is well, bull crap. I said to, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just no, I, 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 I can't even imagine what you're feeling. But I, what I want you to do is I'm gonna, I, I have a break coming up. But so I want to, I, I want to thank you for calling. But I want you to get, get, uh, get an email to me, and when you get that email to me, we'll further discuss this. We can share some details and stuff. But there's so much stuff going on that is out of the view of the public. This is by design. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> this is by design. The government, just like in New York, just like in Pennsylvania, but Cuomo, Cuomo did a lot of it. We heard that from a lot of whistleblower nurses. The government is telling the medical profession how to behave, and this is based on a few things. It's based on financial. It's based on uh, you know financial gain or loss. It's based on statistics. But what really bothers me is if you really drill down and do the research, and so. You're not going to be able to get this from a news station because they don't drill down and do research. They get a stack of stuff that comes in and they read what they're told and they get paid well for it. But if you drill down and do the research, you'll find out that one of the reasons there was so much pushback on this uh, mono, I can't pronounce it, glutonal or whatever they call it. I'll find it and pronounce it correctly later. I, I apologize. The This one treatment they have and hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin 
and something called the Z-Stack and uh, Queratin and a variety of other things. One of the reasons there's so much pushback, you cannot have, according to the FDA, I think it's on page five of the emergency youth use authorization. I have a copy of it. It's not in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's page five. I might be on the wrong page, but I'm with the right document. It says right in there. You cannot have an emergency use authorization for any vaccine or medication if there are alternate successful treatments. You see where I'm going with this. So if you want to lock up the market, if you want to own the market with your vaccine or your injection or whatever it is, you can't have anything else that works coming into the market. You can't have a doctor saying, well, what we did is we jacked them up on vitamin D, vitamin C, put them out in the sun, made sure they could breathe. They got fresh air. We also gave them Quaritin, and we gave them very, very small doses of ivermectin based on the FDA-approved ivermectin that's been used for 25 years, approved by the FDA, ivermectin. You know it's what all the comedians call the horse drug. That's been approved for humans for 25 years. Now, if any of that gets out into the mainstream media, someone's going to say, well, why don't you let me use that? Somebody's going to say that. Now, right now, it's millions of us that are saying it. You're just not hearing it in the news. But when you think about what has been happening, now think about this. Anyone who dies within the first 14 days post-injection, this is from the CDC website, is counted as unvaccinated. What the heck is that? So we went from a year and a half ago, if you broke your toe and fell off your bicycle, chances are you have COVID, to if you get the injection and then, God forbid, you die nine days later, well, it we don't put that down anymore. That was changed in May of this year. Soon as people, that's when you started to see people losing their lives and having There's been millions of complications between the EU and here and uh, Australia and South America. In May, somebody behind this said, "Uh uh-oh, we need to start changing definitions again, changing our policy, changing our test, changing the methodology that we give the information to people so we can keep lying to them comfortably. So just so you know, the CDC now list vaccinated deaths as unvaccinated if they fall out of the wrong timeline. That's how they get around. That's how they can tell you this is a this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. No, it's a pandemic of people you need to qualify and you need to categorize as unvaccinated because that's the only way you're going to move the vax needle. Not only does this inaccurately inflate the unvaccinated death toll, but it also hides the real dangers of COVID, which there are some. Again, it's still your choice. You can look at the statistics, you can look at the test, and you can make a decision. You could say, Am I, do I want to do this or not? It's your choice. But the fact that our government and our hospitals, some of them, are hiding this information is, I don't know how much, how much more close to criminal you can get. The majority of deaths from vaccines so far, statistically, have been within the first two weeks. 
And I don't know if you know, but there's two lawsuits now in play with several uh, lawyers, and it's turning into a class action suit. Over 45,000 people died within the first 72 hours of the vaccine. The big lawsuit going on now. They're suing the CDC because nobody told them. Don't you think if somebody told you that, you'd have a different approach? If someone said, by the way, we're trying to get to the bottom of this, but people are dying. People are dying, and they're having horrific side effects. No. They just changed the definition. So in May, they did two things. They stopped reporting if you had a vaccine or not. They didn't even have it on the form anymore. That went out to hospitals. Number one, we went from, have you been vaccinated? Um, Ma'am, I'm just, I'm just buying a tractor. But have you been vaccinated? We went to, this person is dead. Have they been vaccinated? Don't mention it. Don't mention it if they have. These damn talk radio show hosts will start spewing truth, and that's going to destroy everything. We'll be right back. You may remember that uh, several county Republican parties throughout Wyoming moved in recent months to uh, uh, not recognize Lynn Cheney, you know, Dick Cheney's daughter, the the one that stabbed the president in the back and is pro-war and whatever. Uh, And then the Wyoming GOP overall uh, rejected the effort to oust Cheney from the party. So... This is what happens across America, unfortunately. Most politicians are not fighters. Most. Some are. Some are actually combat vet fighters. But most politicians aren't fighters. They fight for themselves. They fight for their own money, their own career, their own position in the party. McCarthy's a great example. He'll fight to get that. He wants to be the House Speaker. He doesn't give a damn what else happens. Okay? And Lynn Cheney should have been just voted out into non-existence by, you know, by real conservatives. But all across this country, we're dealing with this. Republicans that the minute you say, are you going to fight for us? Are you going to figuratively knock some heads for us and get to the truth and end this stuff? And then they realize, well, I'm not going to risk my job to fight for the American people. So they don't. But that's happening all across the country. We are finding who the real patriots are and who the typical politicians are. So tomorrow there is... uh, Supposedly planned, well, it is planned, uh, a, an event, a rally, a protest of people being held uh, for too long from January 6th and, you know, some uh, America First stuff, whatever, September 18th, tomorrow, in Washington. And for the first time, I have come out and said personally, not, I'm not going to go, but I, I, I would suggest you don't go. And I wanted to explain that because I got a lot of email over that comment yesterday. But I thought I explained it fairly well, but I'm going to go a little deeper into it now, and and maybe you'll understand. 
There's nothing to be ashamed of if you size up a situation and decide maybe this isn't the right situation for achieving our goals. There's nothing to be ashamed of, and any military person will tell you that if you, you know, use a battle metaphor. So I have an email here from Christopher, and he said, Ken, you may have a point about Saturday, but how do you fight a war without going into enemy territory? This is why conservatives will always be losers against this type of enemy. I hope you don't seriously think there's hope at the ballot box. Well, Christopher, if you listen to my show regularly, you know darn well that if they don't fix 2020, 2022's a joke. So there's no argument there. Uh, Christopher said that he's, he's now depressed and demoralized because of what I said. I learned too late about the protest to make plans to go, but I wanted to go when I found out about Saturday. I mean this with all sincerity. How do we ever get the country back when we cower at anything risky? Well, I don't think not going to a trap is cowering at anything risky. There were almost a million people there on January 6th. But we saw what happened on January 6th. It was a setup. You can actually gain ground and make a difference. You would never, again, I'm, I'm going, forgive me soldiers, real soldiers, because I'm not one. But forgive me for using a battle analogy, because I do believe we are in an information war. And that's the only reason I'm using it. I'm not a veteran, and I've been very open about that. But any veteran will tell you, if the odds are so stacked against you, and you have other options to safely accomplish your goals, why would you do that? So my question would be, for tomorrow, uh, how do you define success? How would you define it if you said, "Well, we're all going to go to we're all going to go to Washington D.C. tomorrow by the tens of thousands"? <clears throat> of course, you know they fenced everything up, and they're going to do exactly what they did on January sixth. They're going to make it as uncomfortable as possible for America firsters, patriots. You know, there's there's going to be limited Jiffy Johns. I'm sure there's going to be idiots there that won't serve you if you're not vaccinated or masked. Or maybe they just will close down because they're afraid that the big, crazy insurrectionists are going to show up. But bottom line, you have to look at the reality of that. I look at Washington, D.C. as enemy-controlled territory. I'm not going to lie about it. It's a hole. It's a feral city. I don't trust the police there. I don't trust the FBI. I never have trusted the FBI, especially since Bush. I certainly don't trust the mayor. I don't trust the Capitol Police. These are all people that lied about January 6th. How can we trust them? Even the National Guard was changing its story. The guy that runs it. I'm talking about the people that run it, just so you know. I don't trust the chief there. I don't trust, I don't trust these people. So think about what you're doing. How do you control that? Now, maybe you're thinking, well, what about the message? Okay, who is going to see the message? Let's say you go to Washington, D.C. tomorrow. You go with your family. And who's going to see the message? What is your message? What, what is your mission? What do you want to accomplish going there? What, resor- what resources are there for you? What resources are you able to bring? How do you get in? How do you get out? What is your mission objective? What's the pro and con of it? So let's say you're there and it's a wonderful group, just like it was the majority of people on January 6th before they started the theatrics. 
and they took two out of the seven entry points which people were let into at the Capitol and turned them into a movie set and then started to wag the dog and everybody bought it because they're still holding back about 12,000 hours of tape. Before all that happened, it was a beautiful event. People were singing, laughing, crying. It was diverse. There was flag uh, waving. A typical MAGA event. There wasn't a lot of F this and F that and fighting or any of that. But even if that happens, you know that you're surrounded by the enemy. The news media, they hate your guts. They're not going to represent you fairly. This administration, the Biden administration, has proven to be a dictatorship. They're not going to represent you fairly. They're not going to give you a chance. Heck, they've got people in jail right now for trespassing. They've been in jail for months for trespassing. This isn't a matter of, uh, man, I've, I don't have the guts to go. No, it's, it's using common sense. Who are your allies on this terrain? There aren't any. You have no allies. There are no allies in Washington. It's a Saturday. Even if your favorite senator or, or congressman was work, was there, it, he wouldn't even be at work. They're not even in session. So nothing's open. Everything's fenced off. You're going into a blue city that isn't even really a city. It's a district. It's not even a state. It's run so, it's run like a dumpster fire because they violate all the rules of the Constitution. Is the terrain friendlier to you or to them? Where you have to park your car? How do you get your car? What is it like there at night if you have a family? The sun's gone down, it's 9 o'clock, and you're walking around in a MAGA hat, in a, in a dictatorship. It reminds me of Mexico City, when Mexico City was communist, and I was there. It, it, was, a, it's a, it was a dictatorship. So my theory is, stay in the fight. Stay local. Do things locally. Go to places where you know you can move the needle. You can move the dial where you have half a chance of completing your mission. You know, yesterday I brought up uh, Charlottesville. And uh, I'm certainly not comparing January 6th to Charlottesville, but I will say, just like in Charlottesville, January 6th, there were a lot of things manipulated by design that you never saw because they never released it because there was... The reporting was horrible, and then the narrative was just a bold-faced lie. And if you recall, on January 6th, a black plain-closed security guy that works for the Senate and the Congress, who got a promotion, by the way, shot an unarmed white woman in the, in the chest when she was not even a threat at the time. And he got a promotion out of it. He didn't even get a reprimand. And he bragged about it. I did what I had to do to defend the Congress. Really? The Congress wasn't even in the building when you shot her. They were out. They were clear. But that's for another day. I'm sure someone with some, some guts will write a book. But my theory is this. If there was a different president, if there was more allies, but I can tell you right now, with facial recognition... Everybody that was at January 6th is going to be a target for no reason as long as this guy is president. 
They have to keep targeting us and making us look like something we're not. So this clown, people like Millie and the head of the DHS, can say stupid things like, now these, uh, these insurrectionists, woof, this is getting pretty bad. These people want to overtake the country, even though no weapons were found. And that's another thing. Not that I would ever suggest this. Don't ever do it. Do you know how anti-gun Washington is? You're going into a hornet's nest. What do you think is going to happen if BLM shows up and Antifa shows up, and they go over and they punch your grandmother in the face, and then they throw a brick at your kid's head? You're going to get arrested. That's what's going to happen under a Joe Biden regime. That's what always happens under a dictatorship. The people in the right pay the price. So don't go to that feral city. The, they, they need us more than we need them. I would like nothing more than to see Washington, D.C. cut off from the country. So let them have their fences and let them say, oh, sir, you can't come in here. I'm sorry, you can't come in here without a mask, without a vaccine. You're not, you can't come in here wearing a MAGA hat. We're not going to have our hotel open for you this weekend because you're evil. Fine. Washington, C- Washington, D.C. would rot on the vine if they didn't get so much federal help because they're the epicenter of the deep state. Seriously. What I would love to do, this would be awesome, and I know we have a lot of truckers that listen. I would just say, until you release those people, we're not going to cater your city. We're not going to deliver food to your city. We're not going to deliver goods to your city. We're not going to service your city anymore. Good luck to you. Washington, D.C. can totally leave right now, the entire city. Take all the monuments, take all the people. They can totally disappear, and this country wouldn't miss a beat. But if you get rid of a bunch of farmers or a bunch of miners or a bunch of construction people or a bunch of truckers, cities like Washington suck wind. That was the point I was trying to make yesterday. I wouldn't even waste my time. I don't even want them to make money off me from parking to go in tomorrow. So you can be walking down the street and some clown like these leftists can bump into you and say, hey, man, what did you call me? I didn't call you anything. Hey, he called me this. And now you're arrested. And now you have to spend money to fight liars. Think about people like Millie. Think about the police chief of Washington, D.C. Think about the mayor of Washington, D.C., how she lied all through the January 6th investigation. (laughs) That's how simple it is. So don't give them the chance. Do your protesting, your rallying in places where the needle moves. And trust me, there's plenty of politicians in this state, especially Republicans, that are terrified of losing your vote and getting your phone calls every day, every day, every day. So I say keep the pressure up at the pressure points and let Washington, D.C. be Washington, D.C. I mean, most people can't stand it. It's, it's heartbreaking, but, you know, it's kind of like New York. It, it could be or can be a beautiful city, but it's just like, you know, Mexico City is a beautiful city, too. And, and so was Madrid. And so was London. But if you let people take over 
that hate the country, hate your ideology, and they turn it into a feral city, it's not even worth it. We'll be right back. There's only one guy, Dave Hook, of Keller Williams of Central PA, that has a 14-day guarantee. No commission. You don't have to pay this guy a commission if he doesn't sell your home. If he's listing your home and he doesn't sell it in the first two weeks, he has to work for free, basically. Plus, he has an easy exit contract. And if you go to the website, I'll give it to you in a second, he has over 700 five-star online reviews. Listwithdavehook.com. Speaking of Saturday the 18th in Washington, D.C., even uh, President Trump has said, don't go. And uh, CNN is kind of upset about it. I think they're disappointed. They were probably looking forward to making up a bunch of false narratives and lies and editing video like they did with January 6th. Well, we know that the MAGA media universe and figures like Donald Trump are not encouraging people to go to Saturday's rally at the Capitol. So that's a big difference from January 6th. Uh, in fact, what we're seeing in some cases uh, are these figures, these trusted figures on the far right saying, don't go, it's a trap. Here's an example from a prominent QAnon promoter saying the D.C. fence has been reinstalled. Do not go to the FBI rally. Notice the word there, FBI rally. So the suggestion is it's a setup. It's some sort of a government plot. And Donald Trump is taking a similar tone. In an interview with the right-wing website, The Federalist, he said the rally on Saturday is a setup. He said uh, to, the, to the website that it's a setup. So it's another example of a very different tone heading into Saturday. But what we also see online is a diffusion of the extreme and dangerous rhetoric that was seen before January 6th. It is quite a, paint, a picture that you paint mm -hmm. uh, and a disturbing one at that. Brian Stelter, thank you. Thank you for that ridiculous report. Thank you, Brian. Keep up the great work, buddy. So it's uh, there's a guy who has no, no context of history. He has no, no clue. Most of the people at CNN have no, I don't know if they've ever read a history book. Maybe they did a little Howard Zinn, you know, a little Wikipedia. That's about it. But you could see they're all, they're almost disappointed. There's going to be, there's going to be law enforcement all over that joint. And they're going to be waiting for any reason so Joe Biden's regime can say, see, these darn Trump supporters did it again. <laughs> and then I got to listen to a bunch of liberal white soy boys cry all weekend. Hour three coming up.